0: it, let it yeah The movement the movement. Yeah. the movement yeah the movement Yeah the movement of Color Podcast Episode thirty one Today on the Movement of Color Podcast we talk about all the Jeffrey Epstein gossip and conspiracy theories that exist. Also, we look back down memory lane and talk about what it was like to be a POC in rock scenes. My name is Brandon Payton Carrillo, and I would like to get started. But before we get started, I just want to remind you to follow us on Twitter at movement color. Thank you.
1: Brandon, I got Epstein brain. <laughs> that moves my mind. <laughs> you better be
0: careful with that Epstein brain. <laughs> uh,
1: I I regret being on Twitter so much this past, like, week. Um, so, uh, if, y- if y'all have not seen the fucking news, uh, there's this guy called Jeffrey Epstein. He's a basically a child sex trafficker. Um, uh, he has an island. He has a bunch of weird stuff. And he has all these connections to... Very powerful people from the Clinton crime family to Trump and his dumb family, uh, all the way to the Royals to Chris Tucker, of all people. I don't know how that happened. Whoa. Uh, yeah, no, I know. I was kind of like really sad. I was like, oh, Chris. no." <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so he was arrested. He was put into uh, a federal prison in New York City, uh, and he was, I think a week ago, found Dead in his jail cell. Um, he, uh, according to the, you know, according to the to the mainstream news, uh, he hanged himself um, using like the bed sheets of his jail cell. Uh, and this was, I think, happened a week after a previous attempt. Of, you know, supposedly uh, a previous supposed attempt. Um, where he was found um, unconscious in his jail cell and had to be resuscitated back to life, um, and then put on suicide watch for for like two days, and then taken off suicide watch after those two days. Um, so the whole, I mean, the whole thing really smells fishy. Um, <laughs> I don't know about you, Brandon, but I am I am losing it.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, his death brings up more questions than answers, don't it?
1: Yes, and and it and I think they've they've already dropped the charges, like the federal charges on him, you know, because he's dead. Um, you can still like, I, I think, but basically you know, what it does is like kind of stop the investigation for the most part. Uh, so I, I, you know, if you know, if he was murdered, uh, so he couldn't squeal, and that this whole thing would like, you know, the whole investigation would kind of putter out. It seems to have succeeded.
0: Yeah, and I guess it's the legal battle still goes on because there are civil cases against his estate, which maybe will get some juicy shit out of that. But at the same time, man, they really need to keep that dude alive.
1: Yeah, I mean, like, civic cases rarely ever get the same amount of press as criminal cases. I mean, like, if you go to the criminal, like, the, the criminal case of like uh, i think it was oj got a lot of press but then the civic case kind of didn't really go anywhere mm-hmm. um even though like it got way better stuff um, out of it um it's just a weird thing where like because like the media cycle is kind of done with it like okay this mm-hmm. has happened we're not going to relitigate the whole thing even though that's what civil cases basically are yeah. <laughs> um it, you just don't go to jail you just get money from it um i i am i am Deeply depressed about like this just going nowhere because holy shit, there's there's so many fucking connections to this thing. Um, yeah, it, it's I mean, the, even the way he died was terrifying to me because, um, uh, apparently like in the autopsy report, um, they found out that there's a there's a specific bone in his neck that he broke uh, that has only ever been broken by like 32 other people in the history in like recorded history. Um, and mm-hmm. they only broke it because they like jumped off a fucking roof and then hang and like hanged themselves off a roof <laughs> so and there's like not enough space to do that in a jail cell, so like what well like you know specialists have said like, oh, he can do it this way where he uh basically goes on his knees and puts so much pressure on his so much downward pressure on his knees hanging himself that he breaks his fucking kneecaps,
0: but the oh, kneecaps
1: were not broken in the autopsy, yeah. Yeah, which is fucking, like, which is, like, what the fuck? Uh, <laughs> um, and then there's the whole thing with Taglioni, which is, like, uh, which was his, like, jailhouse, like, which was his, like, cellmate, who was this fucking, like, piece of shit cop who, you, you know, this fucking pig who, like, murdered four people and then tried to bury them in his fucking yard. <laughs> and, like, someone, and the people, someone caught him because, like, the, because, like, body parts were, like, sticking out of the fucking ground. <laughs>
0: Oh, man. Yeah. He's and, he was, and he
1: was found with a phone like a week, bo- like a, a few days before, like, like a contraband phone, which is like, oh, they they try to get to tag to kill him the first time. And then he like to tag Leone fucked up because he's a dumb shit, dumb fucking piece of shit. <laughs> so like now one they're like, who's the one who actually did the deed, you know?
0: So, yeah, let's talk about some of the conspiracy theories about this dude's death. Yeah. Because obviously the suicide sounds very, very implausible.
1: Yeah, it, it doesn't it's it I mean I I've, I've been talking with like av- like, you know, your you know quote unquote average person, uh, basically just like people I kind of occasionally hang out with or who are not really political, but like even they think even my parents uh, my parents are kind of a different because of something I'll discuss later, but um, even like your average person who like you know, here in the United States is like, no, they, they fucking killed him. We don't know who they are. Uh, but you know, that fucker was (laughs) Merck. He got caught.
0: Got got. Could have been the Trumps. Could have been the Clintons. Could have been Chris Tucker.
1: (laughs) Oh my God. Chris Tucker fucking sneaks in like a ninja and just fucking, fucking kills him.
0: I saw rush hour one, two and three. He got very competent after a while hanging out with Jackie Chan. So <laughs> anything could happen.
1: Uh, yeah, yeah. Chris Tucker's been different ever since he started hanging out with Jackie Chan. He's like really good at he's like really good at like uh you know stunt martial arts and he's like real and he like loves uh and like <laughs> He loves Xi Jinping now. He keeps yeah. talking about uh, taking taking back Hong Kong and, you know, One Belt, One Road and how Taiwan isn't really a country. I don't know. Chris Tucker's different, man. Totally different. <laughs> yeah, because people forget uh, Jackie Chan's like a Chinese nationalist. Totally. And just
0: loves the fucking Chinese Communist Party.
1: Yeah. He's a social imperialist, according to the Maoist of uh, the Philippines.
0: Yeah. I think that's, that's pretty accurate. Yeah.
1: Um, <laughs> no, no, we're not going to like piss off like the one dangus who like, listens to this podcast because <laughs> of that.
0: Well, maybe they'll keep listening because they're pissed. That's how people yeah. watch podcasts. But, all right, so let's talk about, okay, we think somebody probably killed him. Yeah. We think the dude is, is in his jail cell, right? Yeah. All right. The motivations, it could be anything how would we ever find out who would have had the motivation to kill him? Cause there's a lot of people who Everyone find
1: has the motivation to kill him. <laughs> Every powerful family, like, or you know, like powerful person who like makes enough money or has enough political power, like, which is usually the same as having enough money, um, has like a, f- like a pretty big fucking reason to kill him. I mean, he probably knew a lot of thought a lot of stuff. Um, he- it wouldn't be surprising if he had like some form of insurance, that didn't that didn't that like, didn't follow through or got or got captured because like he's he's a he's a mega malignical asshole, but I don't think he was dumb. Um, so I I don't know like something I, there's so many layers to this that we don't know and is absolutely terrifying. Um, I know like it's been discussed that apparently he used to belong to the U.S. intelligence services, um, mm. and that's. Part of the reason why he only got thirteen months, um, like more more of a house arrest than, than actual jail. Um, the last time he got charged with um, you know child sex trafficking, um, by by fucking now labor secretary Jim Acosta, back when he was a fucking attorney general. Yeah, that guy. Yeah, that guy.
0: <laughs>
1: um, he uh, he gave him like the the easiest like, fucking bar, uh, the easiest, like, bargain um, ever in the fucking world. Like, he, like, uh, why he was in jail, for, like, half the day, he could leave the jail, like, go to his fucking office and, like, do work for half the day. <laughs> and then come back to jail. Which is, like, not even, like, you know, prison, prison. It was, like, a low-security prison. Yeah, he probably got conjugal visits, let's be honest. Oh, yeah. Apparently, like, yeah, he was known for, like, taking up conjugal visit spaces because he just couldn't stop fucking which is a whole other thing going on. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, that, that, that's one of them. Um, there's another, like, there's one conspiracy theory that I, I really, that I don't believe in, but I like just on the, the comedy factor and just, like, the outlandishness of it where, like, no, Jeffrey Epstein's still fucking alive. Uh, they just, uh, they, they, they did a, a switcheroo on him. They, they, they switched the body. And like he's actually still alive because he has some sort of insurance where like a dead man switch where if he died like all this stuff would be revealed Um, So he's still somewhere going around I think that's like what QAnon people are kind of going into Um, Because apparently they think like he's in Germany because there was this like really big security um, Security convoy going into a US Army base in Germany and like people and like the QAnon people think like that's where he is and like they're moving him around all the time and, like, using the security con- uh, convoys as, like, evidence of that. That's that's, that's pretty funny. I I, I love that. Um, Before we move on on that one, I just want to say that is
0: really stupid. That's, like, the dumbest, like, conspiracy theory ever. Yes. But I would like to take 10 seconds of possibly making that conspiracy theory even stupider.
1: Oh, okay. Hell yeah. Go for it.
0: There was a body switcheroo, but along with the body switcheroo, there was an identity switch a la face
1: off. <laughs> fuck yeah, dude. Oh, hell yeah. We're, we're, actually, they just, uh, uh, the, the, the CIA agent in charge of the whole operation just like watched a fuck ton of Nicolas Cage movies for inspiration on what to do with Jeffrey Epstein. And when <laughs> he came upon face off, he knew he, hey, he he found the right idea. He <laughs> was like, Bingo. Yes, we got it! Uh, we just need to switch his face with someone else! Yeah, that's totally a thing we can fucking do, and not at all like a Nicolas Cage movie idea that only Nicolas Cage could pull off.
0: Yeah. But, added bonus, because they didn't account for bone structure in the face-off, so... Jeffrey Epstein is walking around with an ill-fitting face somewhere in Germany.
1: <laughs> it's like that, it's like bits and pieces just hanging off and shit. <laughs> yes. <laughs> what the fuck? Uh. Yeah. I mean, um, I, there's another conspiracy theory where it's almost kind of being petted a little bit by Matt Chrisman from El Chapo Trap House, um, mm. where he his his thing is where like Jeffrey Epstein is just a name to the organization. Like it's he's just like a, basically a patsy. Um a fall guy for the organization who doesn't have as much connection or power in the organiz- in like the pedophile ring organization mm-hmm. uh, the, the hypothetical one um, and he's just like he's just the name on the bill like on the paperwork and um, he's like the kind of the chaperone uh, but he's not the actual head of it um and like that's why they could kill him and like not you know lose or f- not be worried about like shit coming out um that so that's like another one that's being peddled by Matt Chrisman from Altrava Trap House um which is like i, I really think is a little a, a little overboard i mean like yeah could be but like that like assumes this giant fucking pedophile organization and not like one dude's just weird fucking connect like you know more interpersonal connections with um you know all these rich people which is i think is more likely than a fucking cut ca- like a literal cabal it's a more of a metaphorical cabal Of mutual interest, mutual binding, like, taboos to ensure discipline, but I don't think it's anywhere near as coordinated as as I think he—I think he thinks it is.
0: I I agree with you. And one thing to me I don't ever want to rule out is this guy is passionate about child sex. I mean— there's reports of he has, Epstein, like, a Epstein. wall. We're
1: not talking uh, about Matt. We're not talking about Matt. We're talking about Epstein. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes, yes. To be clear, Epstein, Jeffrey Epstein, is passionate about child sex. Like, he has a mural in his mansion of him, like, being all dummy over some naked chicks. Like, who does that?
1: Yeah, I mean, he has a fucking uh, a painting of... Bill Clinton in the, uh, the dress, the infamous dress, uh, from the Monica Lewinsky uh, whole, like, impeachment trial, like, impeachment proceedings. Like, and, and the red pumps and everything, yeah. Really? Yeah. That's weird. He has, he has a giant-ass fucking painting of it. Um, I don't know, I don't know why, <laughs> but he has it.
0: <laughs> That's, I almost kind of want that for my phone wallpaper, but, uh that's fucking weird. It, it, okay. It is. So, all right. What else we got? Uh,
1: so, yeah, uh, I think that's like the main ones. I mean, the, he, the whole like intelligence connections, um, I would not be surprised by because the CIA and like intelligence agencies have been connected to like previous, you know, child sex trafficking rings and narcotin you know supplying uh hard like cocaine and uh, hard drugs to African American and Latin- Latinx neighborhoods um you know from the whole you know um you know from all the drugs they got for the contras in exchange for guns that they got from um they got from arms dealers that they got in exchange for gold that they got from uh giving Anti-air missiles to Iran um, that Reagan a hundred percent fucking knew about and a hundred percent signed off on, but he got Oliver Nor- uh, Oliver North uh, to be the fall guy for. Um, and then even then, you know, committing high treason was uh, apparently just a little slap on the wrist.
0: Yeah, you got out, and then you know you'd be a correspondent for Fox News, and life is life is good.
1: Yeah, and and uh, you know head of the NRA for a little while. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's right.
1: That's weird. Yeah. Um, so, like... And then there's the whole, like... Um, it's been mentioned, like, the possible connections to Operation Gladio, which was this, like, basically stay-behind program in, in uh, Western Europe where, like, NATO was, like, freaking the fuck out on, like, what if the USSR invades Western Europe? Like, basically, it's, like, set up a bunch of weapon caches and, like, sleeper agents <clears throat> who are trained in like guerrilla warfare um and basically they become like um like resist like they were like they're meant to like lead and train resistance cells in like in uh, occupied western europe um if the if the russians ever invaded um never happened so like they just had all these fucking like secret gun stashes and all these trained murderers um <laughs> and they like wanted to do something with them i mean like you know it's that thing where, like, if you have it and you're not using it, you feel bad about it, you know?
0: Yeah, yeah. It feels like you're
1: wasting it. Um, so they ended up using it to, like uh, – specifically in Italy where they used, they, they used Operation Gladio equipment a lot, um, you know, to, like, rig uh, an election against the communists who were, like – who basically won, but that election was stolen um, in 1948, the first election, like, after the Reconstruction – Um, it, there was assassination of a fuck ton of, a lot of assassinations, um, civilian targeting, um, terrorist attacks that were then, like, basically false flag operations where they, like, basically said, like, oh, where, like, they dressed up as leftists and then killed a bunch of civilians, but it was actually just a bunch of Operation Gladio people and, like, a bunch of ex-Muslimi fascists that Mm. they recruited into Operation Gladio, um, you know, it's, or, like, they supplied arms to, to do the, the work, uh, for the CIA, um, it's, it was, like, you know, just, uh, this whole fucking crypto, I, I think, I, they mentioned it in, in the, in the show Archer, um, where they, they mentioned Operation Gladio, and, like, Lana, who's, like, probably the, the straight woman of, uh, of the show, um, to Archer's Fat Man, um, She's like, oh, that crypto fascist CIA clusterfuck.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I gotta rewatch that episode of Archer. That's a pretty fun show. But all right, so let's 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 tie this up. We have a bunch of conspiracy theories, a lot of loose threads with this Jeffrey Epstein. What does that kind of say about our culture in the big picture here I, in the United I, States?
1: I, I think. I mean in in the 1983 documentary episode, I, I discussed a little bit about how conspiracy theories are kind of core to Mexican political culture. Um, because there's mainly because it's, it's so it's a lot more obvious over there, like you know there's beheadings, there's like people just disappearing. Um, it's a lot. I mean, so like conspiracy theories are kind of more common and more accepted because they're probably true. Uh, a good chunk of them are probably true, even though most of them are kind of a little outlandish. <clears throat> but I, but here it's it's a little bit more like you're a crank if you believe in them.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, but I think w- with this, even even non-cranks are like, yeah, they fucking killed them. Um, I I'm starting to understand why my parents are like. Yeah, no, they they totally killed this person, and this person, and this person. Uh, and, like, they all have, like, very... But the problem is, because there's no... Um, there's so limited information, and there's so many people who would want Epstein dead, or, like, would want the person who was murdered, like, very clearly murdered, dead. Um, there's so many, like, wild, like, ideas going around. Um, and there's also the possibility that the CIA is, like, planting ideas, like, it, planting false like, false positive, like, you know, false information into it, too, because that's what they did during the, uh, like, during the UFO scare in the 50s. They, they plant, they, like, planted ideas in, uh, like, they basically gave shit to, like, UFO cranks, um, if anything, to, like, distract away from the actual, um, military experimental stuff they do in Air 51, so, like, rather than, like, not aliens, so, um, yeah, I mean, that could also be a factor, Mm-hmm. <laughs> it'd be funny if like q anon uh, if like q on uh 4chan is actually some like caa intern who's like been given this like shitty desk job of like okay your job is to like feed false information to these fucking like dipshit middle class like conspiracy theorists <laughs> like have fun like that's your job that's your whole fucking summer internship
0: and it's like once they kind of graduate and get a real job like oh well, I worked on Q and uh, um, uh, you know, scratch it off the CV, but yeah, he was yeah. a social
1: media director. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's 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 the that's the the fluff up uh, term he used. All right, well,
0: you know, I think our listeners got a nice taste of this yeah. Jeffrey Epstein shenanigans that continue. <laughs> Um, I'd be remiss Not to bring up There are a lot of victims In this whole thing And hopefully Some of these loose threads Get uh, tied up Or put together But uh, Yeah Fuck Jeffrey Epstein
1: Oh yeah No it's Just like David Koch Who just recently died Like yesterday uh, I'm very glad Like I, I don't I'm not gonna Shed any fucking tears It's I'm more angry That he died Before we can Like get any information Yeah Same here
0: Thank you, Byron. All right. So, we got a very special guest on the Movement of Color podcast. We have Laura Ramirez, a feminist organizer. All around, awesome um, punk, New York City. How you doing?
2: I'm good. How are you?
0: I am absolutely amazing.
2: Awesome. I I'm so I I'm really flattered to be called an all around cool punk person because I feel like I'm not cool at all, but a lot of people say that I am. So I'm going to take that and run with it.
0: <laughs> well, you should. You should. And let's be honest. Like none of us were cool. When we were kids, at least the people yeah. were happening out, so
2: especially not if you were like a punk kid, right yeah. because like let's be honest like when you're when you're like in that weird middle age of like eleven or twelve like you're it's not cool to be punk, it's only cool when you get to pull it off, but at that stage of the game, you just look people ask you if you're like a weird emo goth thing, <laughs> you know what I mean it's not that cool back then.
0: No, not at all. And then the kids that were cool and were punk, they were like the pop punk kids, and they were usually white yeah.
2: kids. Yeah. Oh God, yes, I know. To this day, I still see like grown ass people um, uplifting Alex Grant, uh, Alex something from All Time Low. And I'm like, looking at him reminds me of my middle school yearbook. Like It's 2019. Are we still doing this? It's crazy. No hate to Alex, though, because I was a big all-time low fan back in the day, but, you know, that's, <laughs> it's, it's funny, because the, ki- the pop punk kids never went out of style, it looks like.
0: Yeah, yeah. And you think you would graduate, but uh, people don't. Yeah,
2: <laughs> exactly. That's the word. That's the word. Graduate.
0: Graduate. So, alright. Since we're going to be talking about POCs, in Rockinville. I think it's only fitting to ask you about your um, your punk rock origin story, and maybe how that led to your radicalization.
2: Yeah, for sure. I mean, right off the bat, I was I was raised listening to Rage Against the Machine and Marilyn Manson and Sex Pistols. So it's really interesting because when those were my sounds as a kid, I was angry at these systems that I didn't even know about, you know. Um, I was uh, reading about how Zach De La Roca's family members were fighting in the Mexican Revolutionary War, and they had, like, indigenous roots. Um, I personally have indigenous Taino roots um, in the Caribbean, so I thought that was super dope. And it's just really interesting when— your music and your politics have that intimate connection because then as I got older and I started encountering these concepts and these systems I was like no wait I know this and I know these sounds and I know the cries and the stories of my people I've heard this before so it's just really funny and I think I'm pretty um I'm pretty blessed in that way that I was always There was always a baseline radicalization for me, and that came through music, which is the best way, because music can be that source of empowerment, but then at shows, you're letting out all that anger, but then it also, like, right after the show, after you're done kicking and screaming, you're like, all right, well, where's the next rally? You know, to me, that's what music always was. It was my source of radicalization and my... Um, source of strength and my push towards radicalization.
0: So let's go a little bit deeper into that whole radicalization aspect. Um, What was, like, an example of, like, wow, that actually changed my view on politics, like, I changed my life, I'm going to orientate my thing because of this song.
2: Yeah. You know what? I'm going to give you a really... This is about music but it's actually not about rock which is so i've always been a punk kid but um i was also raised in new york city so i had the luxury of being exposed to literally every single kind of music and it's going to sound kind of funny now um as uh organizers with a more sophisticated understanding but do you remember immortal technique the yes rapper? So- i do so yeah, you're already laughing. So he is. He actually lived in Harlem, and back way back in the day, he um, had a pan. He was on a panel with Cornell West, um, and I'm pretty sure it was Common. Yes, he was on a por- uh, panel with Cornell West and Common at John Jay, and they were talking about mass incarceration. And back in the day, I was always like. A uh, progressive Democrat, you know what I mean. Like yeah. I remember, uh, you know, trying like phone banking for Democrats and phone banking for Obama and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but I think Immortal Technique is a perfect example of what you're talking about, where you're like, "Whoa, this just happened!" Because Cornell West, who's brilliant, is talking about mass incarceration and talking about this and talking about that, and Immortal Technique gets the mic and he just starts rapping about everything that Cornell is talking about. And then his music is like a reflection of that. And I was like, "Whoa, this is insane because the, the lyrics aren't, aren't existing in a bubble. The lyrics are about something real. And I saw it right before my eyes. I saw the academic, And I saw the rapper and they were sitting right next to each other and they were saying the same thing, just in different flow. And that is a perfect example of where I was like, well, no, this stuff is real. You know, like we're not angry for the sake of being angry We're angry because there's something to be angry about. Um, I'll never forget that panel. It was so dope. The line to get in was insane, but I cut school to go to it. (laughs) So it was it was cool. It was super cool.
0: Yeah, that sounds great, man. Um, I know I had a similar um, situation with, I'm a big Smiths fan. Oh, dope. So I love Morrissey, and um, I just happened to pick up Meat is Murder. Yeah. And, you know, I'm not a vegetarian, mm-hmm. but listening to Meat is Murder, it was, like, it was pretty... Pretty makes a pretty strong case for it. It's like, yeah, death for no reason <laughs> is murder,
2: yeah. And you know, it's so funny. And this was sort of what I was saying before. Um, that I always had like a baseline of radicalization, so I have been vegetarian for maybe like 11 years now, <laughs> and I also remember listening to Meat is Murder, and so when I became um, vegetarian, like really young, I was like, yeah, this just like, duh, this just makes sense. So it's just so interesting because that's another subconscious example. Like I knew eating meat was quote unquote bad because Morrissey told me so. Um, and so when I made that decision to, to, um, be a vegetarian, I, I just made sense to me the same way that being an activist to now, um, fighting for you know when I call myself a feminist and when I talk about bringing in male male allies I think about like Kurt Cobain talking about how you know Courtney Love is like the definition of a badass woman and how you know the song Rape Me in itself is a total critique about how women are treated in the music industry right when I'm talking about imperialism I think of uh, that that speech that Zach del Roca gave about indigenous leaders who were arrested still by the American government, so like every single political line that I have has a musical component, which I think is just so cool, and it was always there. It just took like putting two and two together um for me to really manifest that
0: yeah, I think that 's a pretty cool experience, and I think a lot of people will say that like i at the conference that we were at. There was a lot of people, particularly anarchists, that would mention, "Oh yeah, I got into anarchy by, you know, anarchism by listening to punk rock," and I was like, "Okay." <laughs> it was like it was almost like a, to a point of cliché. Yes.
2: Uh, yes. Can we talk about that though? Because that I think so that right there um, sort of distinguishes the real from the aesthetic. Because although I love the Sex Pistols, I seriously do, um, I do have, I do take issue with people who become anarchists just because of the one song, right? And I think anarchy in punk circles is really appealing because a lot of the aesthetic, and I'm not talking about true punk, because if we look at, like, I mean, Joe Strummer was like a dedicated communist, you know, like Joe Strummer was brilliant beyond his time. But I'm not talking about those sophisticated punks who really had their political line established. I'm talking about um, what what people colloquial, colloquially call the crust punks. You know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. like, the, yeah, like the, the crust punks so easily fall into that anarchist line. And that is actually difficult for me as an organizer and a person who tries to organize within musical circles because I'm like, no, look at the history of my people. Look at the history of our people. Like it's about... Community and it's about um, you know the, the what anarchy lacks such as a planned economy that cannot regulate things such as um, how how economic systems are used to degrade degrade the planet you know our people would not would not fall for that I mean we even look at the zapatistas in Mexico who are sort of um, ancoms right anarcho communists yeah. um. They, they still have that component of communism, which is – that has actually been a, a thing for me. Now I'm just – I'm babbling at this point. But, yeah, I just you're, – you're, you're right to, to make that distinction of, like, the punks who become anarchists for the sake of being anarchists and the radical people of color in music who are like, no, let's think about this a little bit more. Exactly. Yeah.
0: Um, but that's – Nice tangent, by the way. I do that. But
2: <laughs> I was just going off. Uh, you can you you can reel me in when I need to be reeled in. I uh, can go on.
0: We'll be fine. We'll be fine. So I just want to pivot to talk about our experiences being POCs navigating um, the rock music world, or punk world, or metal world, or indie rock world. Um, for the listeners out there, I guess. You are, you, what would you you describe yourself as far as uh, POC, What shade?
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm a Latina woman, I'm a brown woman, but I mean, I guess, like, in POC, uh, excuse me, not in POC circles, in white circles, which are often uh, the musical circles um, that I have been in, like the the thing about being a person of color is that quote person of color is just relative to whiteness so it's not really about what I identify, identify as I mean I identify as an indigenous Latina who's an indigenous Taina um, who is Latina as a result of colonization I'm clearly a brown woman um, but I mean the white people are like oh what are you are you this are you that are you the third and I'm like all right well I'm gonna charge you five bucks for the next guest because wait, wait, they say are you a third
0: or something? <laughs> like
2: <laughs> what?
0: They, they ask you if you're like a quadruple or something, like
2: Yeah, they're just like, Are you this, are you that? Or? I'm just like, All right guys, let's let's all slow down, let's listen to the music. But that's what's what I'm saying, right? Like an identity of color is just relative to whiteness. And um to answer your question, I think like that alone is one of the parts of being a person of color in in the music scene, um, because it's just very othering, um, and it's just really tough. Because everybody, I don't know about um, you, you are so well traveled. You probably have seen a dozen mu- music scenes, um, and it's it's changed since I've started in the music scene. I mean, I started to go to shows when I was like thirteen here in the city, and even though the city is so diverse, and there were always a few brown people and a few black people and a sprinkle of like East Asian people and that sort of thing in our circles, the ones who were uplifted were always white people, always white people. And um, as a woman in the rock scene and as a feminist organizer, it was really weird because my feminist icons growing up were like Joan Jett and Blondie, but they're still white women. You know, and, and, and that is, I think, the biggest part of this conversation, especially for me, like navigating being a person of color in the music scene, in the rock music scene, but then also being a woman of color in the rock music scene, because that alone is a whole different ballgame.
0: It really is. And just a reminder, you're referring to New York City.
2: Yes, New York City. <laughs>
0: awesome. Yeah, it's... a. Uh interesting for me being afro-latino but like you know everybody's gonna look at me like oh as a black guy at least i had jimmy hendrix in the zeitgeist yeah to where yeah when i'm playing guitar on stage they're like oh okay yeah so yeah that happens just like jimmy <laughs> just like jimmy or in the 90s or even in early odds Lenny kravitz you know um yeah. yeah but who do we have
2: i mean we we don't really have much and you know it's really interesting because I was thinking I was having this conversation um, with somebody recently and I was like well, name one woman of color in a genre that isn't like pop or rap that has elevated to the same level of like name of be to, to a significant name recognition and it's like um, Brittany from um, you know the band ugh, that sings Hold On? Oh, gosh, it's fleeting me right now.
0: You know? So, the Whatever. I'll, Hold f- on. I'll look
2: it up later. Right, yeah. um, so, uh, yeah, Brittany, she's a black woman. Oh, in New York, Al-
0: Alabama Shakes.
2: Alabama Shakes, thank you. <laughs> so, yeah, Brittany from Alabama Shakes, you have Bjork. And I'm like, yeah, but those aren't punk rock. You know what I mean? Like, that's not punk rock. Those are cool indie women, right? Yeah. And first of all, Fifteen years ago, they wouldn't have even um, reached the status that that they're at. I would say, just because you know, it, it, it Indian itself is a very white genre. But I'm talking yeah. about punk rock. Like I'm talking about the genre that I would say raised me. I cannot name one woman of color that's reached Jimi Hendrix status. I can't, yeah. or like Joan Jett status, or Blondie status. You got
0: to go a couple statuses below that. Like um,
2: yeah, yeah.
0: Have you heard of the band Romeo Void? Yeah, yeah. She's a she's a PLC. Yeah,
2: and so is um um Quantum Split from so the the lead singer actually the entire band is people of color but the lead singer is a black woman uh, of Haitian heritage. But like, would you even compare these bands to you know name recognition that half of these punk bands make? Like, no way. No. No way. No way. That's, yeah, that's, that's the sad part. Like, I need to change that. I need to start a band tomorrow and make it an angry feminist punk band.
0: There you go. You got a guitar, you got three chords yeah. and the truth, you're you ready to roll.
2: Yeah, that's that's my true calling. But yeah, that, that I have to say, like, that is the one thing in, in, in punk music that it has not, if, if it's changing, it's changing at snail speed.
0: That was part one of our POCs and rock scenes discussion. That's part two next week in the next episode. But um, as I remind you before we leave, thank you. You guys have always been amazing and great. Uh, please support us at patreon.com backslash moving of color. Byron's been doing some really awesome work with that. Also, remember to follow us on Twitter because that's how we can talk with you. Um, at movement underscore color my name is brandon peyton carrillo and with that adios